Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. How's it going? Good, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Almost recovered from our <laughs> WrestleMania week of doom. Yeah, and that's kind of why. So a few people were asking, there's no Saturday show. Where's the Saturday show? Yeah. And it's because we were essentially recovering. We from, were asleep on Saturday. Yeah, we were recovering from our WrestleMania streak of just like constant shows. And I had the day off on Thursday. Ollie had the day off on Friday. I believe you also had the day off on Friday. Mm-hmm. Or you were at least working from home. So I was in the office on my own on Friday. So there was no way that we could get diary sorted for us to all sit down and have a chat. But with all of this Sasha Banks news coming out and a slew of mailbag questions that we've not responded to because we haven't <laughs> done a mailbag show for two weeks, we thought we'd do this bonus show here on a Monday. And Ollie's again not here because he's doing marathon nonsense. Uh, in Dan in Brighton. Hopefully he's not still doing the marathon. That was no, the, no. It was. He has finished. Yeah, he has. Yeah, I t- yeah. yeah he wasn't <laughs> texting us this morning while doing uh, the marathon. <laughs> God, it's so annoying having to work and do the marathon at the same time. But um, Wish yeah, I wasn't so slow. He finished it yesterday, uh, and he'll have stories about that on tomorrow's episode, I would imagine. Um, so it's me. Mostly my legs hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I went for a, a walk. Super interesting story. <laughs> I went for a walk, yes, on Saturday. Mm. That was a quarter of the length that Ollie was running mm. and i thought bit long this yeah this is a bit long his thighs must be mangled oh mate There's my... not enough chapstick in the world luke <laughs> not enough chapstick in the world and my my hips hurt just from walking <laughs> like, that's low impact yeah even if it was big hills and whatnot but how was your weekend uh it was good i didn't do much mostly recovering did a bit of karaoke on saturday though nice that was fun yeah who'd uh, you go with I went with some uh, my missus's old housemates for her 31st birthday. It was good fun. Good. A lot of people hadn't been before, so it was their first time of being like in a room singing. <laughs> and then I did a rousing version of Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman, which Excellent I was bullied choice. into doing because I was the only boy at this 10-person karaoke yeah, yeah. event. 
best thing about being a woman. The best thing about being a woman is being a bloke, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> Ask Becky Lynch. Um, but yeah, it was good. And good. then it turns out I knew all the words to bare necessities. So, Well, the more, more you know. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. I think it's just, I've got this real thing with songs where it's just, I think hundreds of them live in my head at any one time. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as I hear two bars of music, I'm like, oh, I know all the words to this. Hmm. Great for karaoke. Absolutely. That's the best way to do mm-hmm. it. Um, we're actually joined as well in the room by producer Simon today. Say hello, Simon. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Excellent. Very excited. Yeah. Slash confused by all the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Simon's going to be monitoring the chat that you're going to th- hear throughout the podcast and piping up every now and again to ask questions. Uh, you might have seen Simon on our 2K19 live streams that we did over WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in the room for WrestleMania as well. He was, yeah, mm-hmm. just slightly talking off mic, um, explaining some things to us that we didn't understand, mostly like American sports things. I've got some uses. <laughs> One of them isn't playing NBA, uh, WWE 2K. No, no. Well, mate, you yeah. were better than I was because I, I have no idea what I'm doing on that game. I, mean, I, I realized that I lost because as soon as I got into a pin, I started mashing X to try and get out of it. And you kicked too many times. Yeah. yeah that's failed not, the kick out. That's not how it works. No. That should be how it works. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the way I I've always the known the, the pinfall mini game is terrible. Absolutely. No need for it. But let's crack on into this podcast, talking about Sasha Banks uh, and what the bloomin' is going on with her and, and WWE. Uh, and then we're going to have a lot of mailbag questions. Here's the show. Let's talk about this Sasha Banks situation. Um, So, it came out late last week that um, Sasha Banks is reportedly very unhappy within WWE. Meltzer reported in The Observer that she actually tried to quit over Mania Weekend Mm -hmm. once she found out that she and Bayley were losing the tag titles to the Iconics. And the reason... Uh, for this, apparently, this is a, you know all according. This is all rumor and innuendo at this point. But when it starts coming from more sources and other outlets, that's when you start to think there might be. There's no smoke without fire, so mm-hmm. to speak. That um, she was under the impression that the hug and boss connection were going to get a lengthy reign with the titles to try and establish them, make them feel prestigious, make them feel worthwhile. And instead, they had a month, two month reign mm-hmm. where they didn't do anything with them. And then they've just been given to a team that effectively are a comedy team. And aren't massively over. No. Like and but also like the two the, the one month that the hug and boss boss hug connection had the thing, it had the ties. It, it they spent most of it going around the different shows saying, We're gonna defend these, we're coming down to NXT, we're gonna defend them here, we're gonna go to SmackDown, we're gonna defend them, and then lo and behold, the iconics have it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. what was the point in all this story? Like, yeah, that that's, actually ties into it. Uh, that Banks was under the impression that, yeah, there was gonna be a storyline about quite rightly them, under the impression that they were gonna be going to all these other brands and defending the belts. Yeah. They went down to NXT and cut a promo, nothing ever came of that, mm. and then they did tape a match though. They taped mm. a match of them defending it against someone. I can't remember who, but like never made it to television. And then they went to SmackDown because they never went to SmackDown. And the Iconics mm-hmm. essentially said, you never come here. And they were yeah. like, okay. And then they went there and lost to the Iconics yeah. in like a non-title match. Which earned the Iconics their way into the Effectively, yeah. yeah. And then here we are, WrestleMania, they lose the belts. And... Uh, Pro Wrestling Torch, not Pro Wrestling Torch, rather Pro Wrestling Sheet and WrestleVotes were both reporting that Bailey and Banks essentially had 
public public showings of the fact they were unhappy mm-hmm. um they were saying that they were lying down on the locker room floors sh- uh, you know very being very loud about unhappy they were about losing the tag titles and they were also saying they were doing it outside of their hotel rooms as well mm-hmm. being very loud that they weren't happy with winning the belts sasha banks it should be added has posted on instagram a photo of boss and hug with the iconics after the match saying hashtag women's wrestling hashtag women's wrestling and they're all hugging and, and things like that so a lot of conflicting reports going on here and then you've got Sasha Banks doing this post about how she misses the magic of where she works mm-hmm. and about how you think a place is going to be like something and then it's not. And Fightful, Sean Rossap reported that it's a revival situation yeah. where Banks was told things will get better. You just need to weather the storm, essentially, yeah. and kind of ride this one out. Well, because there's a degree, there's an argument to be made for the fact that potentially having them lose the title at WrestleMania could be a way to rotate Banks and Bailey back into the title picture now that Becky is the, the double champ, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can have Sasha Banks and Bailey go back to being single star. Maybe one of them goes to, to SmackDown so they're apart again. Yeah. And then they can start vying for the titles. However, if that wasn't communicated to them that that is the plan, yeah. what is the plan? Why do, why do all these plans need to be kept secret from the people who are meant to be carrying them out? Or does it just mean that there is no plan? Yes, exactly. Which yeah. is, which is, you know, you would be frustrated because Sasha Banks herself was saying that, like, there was an interview that I was reading where she said, in NXT, there's a plan. You're, everyone is told what is happening, what the storyline is, where it's going for, like, the next few months. And not obviously because you tape stuff on, like, a, you do one big bulk load of tapings for four weeks or whatever. So you have a much better idea of where your arc is going week to week. Yeah. But then your arc also continues beyond that and you tend to know what the end game is of what you're kind of working towards. Raw and SmackDown, she says it's like on Raw, she just turns up and doesn't know and then people hand her something an hour before yeah, and you just have to go, oh, I'm doing that, I guess. Yeah. It always reminds me actually of um, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm. So, segue, I wrote a book about this. Um, <laughs> where Dennis Hopper, he had an interview. It's a very famous in, like newspaper article that's come out because mm. they invited some journalists down to come to the set being be like, hey, it's the first ever video game-based movie and it's going to be great. And everyone in the interview was just miserable because the mm. whole production was a complete mess. Mm. Dennis Hopper was saying like, yeah, you know what, I've done even bother the, the script when it's given to me anymore because yeah. it's going to change by the time I actually get to set. So what's the point of even learning it? Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess for Banks and like that's it's been a common report in WWE that plans just keep constantly changing. Road Dog has just stepped down as the co-head of creative on SmackDown, and apparently one of the reported reasons is he was frustrated that he was spending all week getting these shows together like for SmackDown, staying up all night having these creative meetings, only to arrive at the day of the show and for Vince to go like, no, we're changing it. Yeah. And then be like, so what's the point of me spending all this time working? You might as well not do any work. Exactly. You might as well just turn up and just go, well, then what do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, What do you want to do today? Yeah, what do you want to do today, Vince? Like, what's the point? It's a waste of time. And also, like, you know, it felt like in the arc or the saga of Sasha Banks and Bailey within WWE, who have had terrible booking Oof, for so long. Bailey um, in particular. Bailey in particular. But like, you know, their whole when they finally started working together, you were like, oh, is this finally like the payoff for both of them? Are they both going to get into this final, you know, big feud that feels like it's going to be a kind of not a main event kind of thing, but like a, this is going to be one of their bigger deals in their career. Because Sasha had a little bit with Charlotte where but they went back and forth so much that it kind of devalued any of her runs because mm-hmm. she could never defend the belt. 
here it was like, okay, they're finally working together. Oh, they've gone to therapy. Yeah. Like, great. Yeah. And then and then the tag team, and you were like, oh, the tag team's not as interesting as the feud. And then you were like, okay, well, for the tag titles, I understand. But it was still months they were teaming for months before the tag titles were even revealed. No, they just had to face yeah. the Riot Squad week after So they just had to keep week. facing the Riot Squad week after week. And then finally the belts were revealed. So it's like, oh, the point has finally been, like, we've lifted the veil. Here's the thing. Like, we understand what's going on. Oh, it's for a week. It's for, you know, it's for a month. Yeah. So all of this, their whole last almost two years of their career was building to a month-long run as the tag team champions. Yeah. You would be annoyed. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. You have every yeah. right to be annoyed, to be like, what, just to give it to the Iconics who haven't had a story at all. This is the first thing they've done. This is the first thing they've had to. Yeah, this is the first thing they've had to do since coming to the main roster beyond be annoying on SmackDown. Yeah. It, like, and even then, they're barely very, on and TV. Very, and like in an amusing, funny, like not to like put the Iconics down at all. I think they're great. Like I really like their act. Um, but yeah. The center, like to make those belts feel important, Sasha Banks and Bailey are the choice, not the iconic. So you would yeah. just be like, why did we do all this groundwork to just chuck it all away and go, oh, these belts are a joke now? They yeah. go to the joke act. I, you'll find no bigger fan of the iconics than I. Mm. Like I'm pretty sure it's me and then the iconics are like the top, like the, the biggest fans. I of think the it's iconics. you and then the iconics. <laughs> Very well could be. Yeah. And then Ty Dillinger. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so. In a, in a rough <laughs> order, yeah. But um, I agree that. Like, when we were doing the predictions for Elimination Chamber, mm. I had down Nia and Tamina to win the belts. And I thought, ah, oh, yeah, you put it on the heel act because then you have the baby faces doing the big chase for them, which I still buy into. But then when Bailey and Banks won the belts and they get that big emotional speech mm-hmm. and they were crying, I was like, ah, this is why you do it. Makes perfect sense. This is why it makes sense. This is brilliant television. Mm. This is really, really cool. This means so much to them and we'll have an epic journey with them now. As I say, month and a half later, two months, but it's over. Yeah. And the Iconics win it seemingly out of nowhere yeah. and th- I, I really enjoyed the segment they did on Smackdown I, it was the first time I've actually thought the, the titles have felt relevant since Bailey and Banks won them mm. but there is also that frustration you can see from someone like Sasha Banks or Bailey that's just like well, we want to do something great with this and maybe this will lead into another storyline between them mm. and Iconics but we'll have to see what happens with the superstar shakeup. yeah but I would be like, like you would be annoyed Sasha because the, the stuff they say about Banks and Bailey, like the way their characters are presented and the things they keep getting told to do which is go to NXT and say all this stuff go here and say this stuff go here and do this stuff like be the boss like Sasha's whole character is being this like quite braggy like obviously a face but like quite a braggy person who when she wins through hard work and determination gets quite emotional Mm. she looks like a chump every time they set her up they keep setting her up for these falls where it's like you win the championship it's really amazing it's really emotional you lose it a week later you look like an idiot yeah like same thing with the five-time like raw women's champion and has never defended it successfully she she's the three-time raw champion in one year period and she won it all in about the space of two months I yeah. believe because it was just like that series where she was just trading it back and forth yeah. with and Charlotte. that was actually quite good it was great. Like, that was great leading but... to the big Hell in a Cell main event yeah. great stuff yeah I, I really enjoyed that but like yeah one of them like at some point she needs to have the ti- have a title and hold it for enough time to be like oh she's not just a you know you can win a championship match but you can't ever win yeah. one where you are the champion 
it just feels really, really stupid to me. And so, well, this might all be like rumor and innuendo and things like that. Um, Rusev tweeted out um, uh, something like, what was it like Botchmaster is gone or Bot- Botchmaster wants out or Botchmaster is unhappy, be mm. gone. So like, it felt like that was a bit of a pointed thing. And Banks's husband posted up a thing on Twitter saying like, we all have to make choices in this life. Some people won't understand the choices that we make, but these are the choices that we mm-hmm. have to stick by. People will miss you when you're gone. And Meltzer reported last week that, where, that essentially she's been given time off to mm-hmm. decide what she wants to do next. So all of this very much is tying together to make me think that there is some truth to all of this reporting that, that's going on about banks. And uh, it should be noted as well that Fightful uh, did say that they would be, uh, that their sources said they would be very surprised if she was granted her release because yeah. her contract's not coming up. She is like the revival requesting her release yes and so it, it's very I, I can't imagine that she'd be granted her release like yeah. much like the revival weren't no absolutely they're going to want to hold on to it but it, it, it's one of those things where it feels like all this stuff coming out as well about the you know the lying on the locker room floor and all that stuff like some of the stuff i was reading earlier was saying this all came out a week after wrestlemania and it was all four sources like I think it was it was a Ryan Satin that Ryan said Satin, that, so Ryan Satin said that four different sources he verified the story of four different sources but they'd all come to him separately to say this stuff mm-hmm. and these are all insiders from WWE you would assume unprompted coming forward on the same in the same period of time mm-hmm. with a story suspiciously just after the story about Sasha Banks asking for her release broke yeah and it just it. I don't know. It smacks a little bit of like maybe we're trying to tar somebody, you know, yeah. tar somebody with a little bit of like. Could it could very well be, or it could be mean? a case of if her contract is coming up and she's looking to get some like negotiation, yeah, uh, some negotiation clout. Well, because... they're trying to make her sound difficult. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like there might not be at all. She might be difficult, but like it sounds suspiciously yeah. like we're exactly, trying yeah. to smirch her name somewhat. There's no smoke without fire, but then it could be actually just people putting logs on there that aren't actually needed to Mm. create such uh, said smoke. Um, Solid metaphor. Thank you. It's also uh, worth pointing out as well that uh, apparently the All Elite Wrestling TV deal currently Mm -hmm. is hinging on the strength of their roster. And um, this is what WrestleTalk.com are reporting, that uh, they likely are going to be going to Turner, but it depends on which station they are, depends on which network or which channel depends on what roster they've got. Mm-hmm. And when you look at some of these people like the Dean Ambroses of the world, the Sasha Banks, whether if All Elite Wrestling do want to get onto TNT and get that really big primetime audience, are they going to be aggressively going after some of these people? They're not going to be able to get Sasha Banks in time for Double or Nothing because it's like, you know, it's in it's next month. Mm-hmm. But you could always say to you can go into networks and be like, hey, but we're going to have this person. Yeah. On, on our books very, very soon. Yeah, we've just got to wait for this date. Exactly, yeah. It's the same thing that WWE did with Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, they did the whole thing about, like, the, the majority of their deal with Fox was based around, we've got Ronda Rousey. Yeah. We've got Ronda Rousey, she's going to be on the show. Ronda's gone now. Yeah, Ronda, yeah. Ronda's gone. She might not be back in time for October. Yeah. So, <laughs> keeping, just keeping all the dates hush there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we've got her. 
now. Yeah, she's fading as we speak. <laughs> like Maya McFly in the photograph. Um, so I think it's a very, very interesting story. Very interesting to see how this develops. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see Raw tonight, whether or not, A, she's there, because she was on holiday last week, oddly with Callisto. Yeah, she just said she wasn't turning up, didn't she? Yes. Like, yeah. And she had the appearance on the Wendy Williams show that she pulled out of, reportedly rep- uh, pulled out of at the last minute, mm-hmm. to the point where New York Post were reporting that Wendy Williams's people have said, we're never booking her as a guest again because she threw our whole show into disarray mm. so there there's something going on there isn't something going on we're absolutely not sure but um yeah facts are what well, the facts are reports are banks is unhappy she did ask for her release she, she wanted to quit at wrestlemania because she didn't want to lose the tag belt bailey was also reportedly very frustrated with the situation and i guess we'll have to wait and see what mm. the latest is and what's going to happen with her. Um, before we jump into the mailbag, though, uh, housemate Simon, do you have any super chat questions? Uh, yes, we do have some good super chat chat. Into the microphone, actually. please, Simon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I had to look at my laptop, which is very far away. <laughs> um, uh, See, Andy says that this job's hard, and it turns well, out it's it is. because there's been some Twitter and Instagram things happening whilst you've been talking. So oh. I'm, I'm juggling. <laughs> All my Apple devices. <laughs> uh, someone pointed out that Sasha and Bailey have both posted quite cryptic Instagram and Twitter things. Sasha basically having a go at people calling them marks. Oh, for God's uh, sake. Bailey um, tweeting a uh, gif of the Lion King and saying, basically, like, basically, they're both saying, oh, you guys don't know what's really going on. And they're kind of, yeah, they're yeah. doing that thing. Okay. Um, uh, so SwizzleStick97 says that uh, that they love your beard, which is oh. nice. Me in um, particular. You in particular. Oh, that's nice. Um, it's longer than usual. Yeah, no, I need to get it cut. Yeah, I'm going to get it cut this Friday. Get Big like day. I, I feel like it'll almost grow in here, mate. That's, that's the aim. That's you what just got to leave it, I think. I know, but the thing is, like, I've been leaving this now for, like, since February. That's and this, this is the extent of it since February. Straining? <laughs> that's what I... <laughs> oh, every morning, yeah, I'm like pushing down on the top of your head. <laughs> And um, it, it's, it eventually will get there, but I'm going to a wedding this Friday, and I'm part of the groom's party, so I need to uh, look good. So. Have you thought about getting a little falsy? <laughs> just a little... <laughs> little murkin. Little, 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 yeah, like a little, yeah, a little beard murkin. Yeah. I mean, Fillers. Yeah. A weave. <laughs> My mum, bless her heart, because I'm going, I'm massively bored. I'm shaving my head this weekend as well. And um, she was just like, I know you've got some problems with your hair at the moment. Have you ever considered something like this? She sent me this video from BuzzFeed mm. of a lad who's got the same sort of boarding style that I've got. But it's like, it's like spray painted, but also back combs and everything like this. And I was like, wow. Mum, how long do you think I've got of a morning to sort myself yeah. out? You just set it up so as you leave the shower, it just goes on the top. I don't have a team of makeup uh, so, people yeah. every morning. Like, I know we're, gr- I know we're at 700,000 subscribers now, yeah. but we don't have a makeup department. Get it tattooed on. <laughs> uh, can I have some more questions, please, Si? Uh, yes, we can. Um, so, uh, smil- smil- Smizzy... I'm going to say it. it. says it isn't the first time she's done this vent and nor will be the last and said that they deserved a better title run, which I think is fair. You can say that about a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stussy has said that they've read. A, he's read a rumour that another reason that, that Sasha was, was upset was because her and Bailey were going to lose a handicap match against Alexa on the Raw after Mania. Oh, uh, yeah, because Alexa did uh, challenge them to a match mm. um, and it ended up just being Bailey. Um, but uh, yeah, like she, like Banks and Bliss went on this sort of like blocking spree, like blocking each other and sending each other stuff back and forth. So and people, people think they've got legit heat, right? Like yes. The, yeah, and Banks has said on things that she 
wouldn't dream of working with Alexa Bliss again. So yeah, there's yeah. there's been lots of reports of people who have hate with with Bliss. Nia Jax in particular was mm. one of them. Um, I found that Sasha Banks post um, where she says, uh, "If you only knew, yeah, marks." Um, hashtag Raw, hashtag SmackDown Live, hashtag NXT, hashtag NXT UK, hashtag Progress, hashtag Evolve, hashtag ShakeUp. Noting that she's used WWE affiliated promotions there. Yes. She didn't do AEW or anything like that. That was the other thing as well that people were putting money on. She stopped following WWE and started following AEW yeah. and Cody and the Young Bucks and stuff. Stopped and I was following like, Vince as well. I was like, that is next level trolling. Like, that's, that's brilliant. And she also added, um, oh, that was back on November 6th. Uh, I was going to say pissed off for greatness. I was like, it actually ties into uh, what's currently going yeah. on at the moment. I think she should go to NXT again. I mean, great. they're looking for a, they're going to be looking for like some filler. Yeah, for the females for a bit of time while they move some people up to fill the main roster again. Yeah. So like sending Sasha back down there to be champion for a little run. Can you imagine trying oh. to sort out the the NXT spoilers, and the NXT tapings from last week, being like Superstar Shakeups coming next week? Who, who knows who's going to be left? Yeah. We have no idea. No gonna, idea. I'm yeah. trying to build storylines around these people. Yeah. I might lose. Doing, doing your tapings <laughs> and just being like, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> just do matches yeah. that have no consequences. Mm. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we'll have one more question, please, Si, and then we'll jump into the mailbag. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Some of them have gone a bit off off the Sasha Bailey thing. That's for now, fine. If that's yeah, all that's right. fine. Um, somebody We're free start spirits, recording yeah. uh, has said, uh, could you book your ideal Fatal Five way with one person from basically each show? So Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205, NXT UK. Ooh. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Keith Lee, NXT. Yep. Umberto Carrillo from 205 Live. Oh, yeah. Um, so that hey. <laughs> Umberto Carrillo. Uh, Umberto Carrillo. Tyler Bate, NXT UK. Are you ordering breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> that is delicious. And um, then I'm going to say, then I've got to try and think who's on the Raw. And, uh, Seth from Raw and Daniel Bryan from SmackDown. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. First try, every try. <laughs> Name five people. Uh, <laughs> that is and the first five people yeah. you can think of on each brand. Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Eric Rowan. Walter. <laughs> Dominic Dijakovic. Yep. What was the other brand? 205. Who's 205. the biggest person on 205? Buddy Murphy. There you go. It's, a it's really man. hard. Or maybe who's the smallest person on 205? <laughs> Kalisto. Yeah, Kalisto. That's what I want. It's a Hoss match <laughs> plus Kalisto. <laughs> yes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I've been to the mailbag. If you want to send questions to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon and leave your comment in the community section. Do not email me; I will just lose it. Um, I backtrack through. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna be able to answer every question because some of them were like pre WrestleMania, and it was asking questions about what we think will happen at WrestleMania, which why well, we're really well placed to answer those now. Yeah, exactly, yes, but it also seems a bit redundant because we all know the answers to them now, unless we all live in like I different. Like, I just like to be right. What's that um, timeline thing that people talk about, um, where we're all like on different planes of existence? Ah, the multiverse. Okay. Yeah, no, the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect about how like it's basically like the multiverse though, <laughs> where how we like. People might remember something that doesn't exist because um, there are people who believe that Nelson Mandela died in the late 80s and remember watching like the news reports about it. Um, and he died like many years later. Anyway, um, so if you're one of those people, Ryan Sanderson asked, did his garden. <laughs> you are still listening to Wrestle Talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's on talk is Jericho. So um, one of the other top banging podcasts to listen to during WrestleMania season. As by the Metro. Ryan Sanderson, are there any acts of kindness from wrestlers, whether they be personal experiences or things you have heard or seen that stick in your mind or maybe made you even more of a fan of them? I remember a story where Sammy Callahan, at the time, at the time Solomon Crow, saved a woman from a car wreck. Although I didn't know about Sammy Callahan before then, it made me take a liking to him early on. Whoa. That sounds great. There Good work, go. Sammy. Well Wrestle Talk fan, Sammy Callahan. Um, do you know of any uh, acts of kindness from wrestlers? Not particularly. Keith no. Lee gave me a free T-shirt. There you go. So that was a real act of kindness. I did buy him a drink. I just, I just think it's, it's surprising, like when you meet people like Sammy Callahan and they're so nice oh, yeah. in real life, and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, I've just seen you staple things to Jimmy Havoc. Yeah. So yeah, he was a right little sweetheart. Yeah, media he was con. actually really nice. Yeah, really nice guy. I think yeah, it's just it's surprising that everyone's just so lovely. I think yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan the Man asks, do you think WWE, brackets the main roster, will get a five-star rated match from Dave Meltzer in the near future? And if so, what wrestlers do you think will get it? So, speaking of, Meltzer gave Gargano Cole his highest ever rating for a match in WWE. Five and a half stars he gave Gargano Cole at TakeOver uh, New York. I think he just likes long matches. Well, I think he likes Gargano yeah, in particular. Yeah, he does like Gargano. Well, Gargano... Um, is very good. I don't, that's not, that was not Gargano's best match. No, I don't like, think it was a very like, the final stretch and like the the storytelling and the momentum of it and kind of where it was placed in his career made it an amazing piece of drama. Mm -hmm. But it it was it was slow in and the it, first two falls. And, and it was on the same and, card as yeah. Walter Pete Dunn. Yeah, 
which I thought was a much better match. But anyway, do you think a uh, main roster match will get five stars from Meltzer? I, I personally, I don't think it ever will, only because the style of main roster wrestling that WWE do is not Meltzer's cup of tea. And you've got to remember mm. that the, the rating system that Meltzer uses is purely subjective. Yeah. And the reason why people put it on a high pedestal is because well, he's been doing this for like 40, 50 years. Yeah. He has seen more wrestling than anyone in the entire well, he's just, planet. He's just the most established barometer for yeah. what's good in wrestling. Like, you know, he's probably the, the one of the more historic rating systems going for, yeah. like, match rating. It's just, you know, if there was a Rotten Tomatoes for wrestling matches, he would be it. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's people used to say that Siskel and Ebert were, like, the be-all and end-all of movie criticism, mm. so they would always go to them. Or Mark Kermode in the UK. Um... But like Meltzer, what I really appreciate Meltzer, and I don't think you, I don't think this gets said enough, is when you listen to his radio show, he has nothing prepared, and so like questions will come in, and people say like, "Oh, can you tell me the history of mm-hmm. this thing?" And he'll just go like, "Oh yeah," in bloody bloody bloody, and he'll just be able to tell you like a ten year history of yeah. any subject in wrestling. It's absolutely incredible. When you yeah, when you hear him talk, it's just like we saw him at the the uh, MediaCon Hall of Fame, didn't we? Having yeah. a, having a talk, and he just did a a little bit of chatting and. It just goes off. Yeah. Like, it will just go, he's on a line, and then one thought strikes him, and he goes off into this other potted <laughs> history of something, sags back into where he was, and then goes off over here into another potted history. It's just like, it's watching a timeline happen. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I really love Brian Alvarez. Did you see All In? <laughs> yeah. just off here. It was really great. Uh, Alex Allen um, has asked, would, you, would it be okay to send in fantasy bookings of real-life people in unthinkable situations that we would like to see take place? For example, you could fantasy book the rise and push of Randy Datsun at WrestleTalk, leading to his eventual heel turn. Love the show and all your hard work you guys put into it. Randy's Bye. already a heel. <laughs> he's acting well more heel on Twitter as well. I think he's uh, trying to get himself over with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Trying to start a few with Pete. It's not going to work, mate. Um, Andy Mack says clean up your uh, desk Andy <laughs> yes yeah, step one uh, in a, Andy Mack in a world where Seth takes the belt off Lesnar we live in that world how long do you think we can go before we see a Roman Reigns heel turn he will eventually want an opportunity to take the belt uh, back that he never lost uh, how could they go about it could be interesting I've seen a few people saying they were thinking Roman could turn heel but I don't I see think, it happening I think Roman is in the John Cena role yeah. of perpetual he baby always face has forever been. yeah I just I don't I think like he'll he'll probably more than Cena, veer closer to that sort of stone-cold, badass role mm-hmm. that Becky Lynch is currently occupying. But I think it's that. That is as far as he'll go. I don't think he'll ever do a heel turn because he's he is the merchandise seller for the children. Exactly, like he's yeah. The, he's the, he's the, what the, the kids look up to him, and I just don't think you would ever do that. Like, you wouldn't turn Superman bad you have uh, they have obviously but you you generally speaking <laughs> it never works you wouldn't, yeah, but, you wouldn't, but you wouldn't do it in the cartoon series really like you know the same you, in the comics you would but not yeah. in not in the kids bit and like he's raising money for cancer like you there'll can't, be a hundred comments saying they've yeah, done that now yeah you can't boo a man who's raising money for cancer mm. like it, it's not possible i think they're more likely to turn rollins heel but i think they're they're more more likely to just do this is the greatest challenge because we're buddies, yeah, so exactly. we should just have an honourable battle about this. Indeed. In the same way Roman offered Finn Balor a shot, because he was like, you never got your rematch. Yeah. Here you are, I'm being an honourable champion, and they had a great match. Uh, Craig Roberts asks, uh, this is a great question, um, only for the last part of it, what's your opinion on the term wrestling mark? I listened to Vince Russo's podcast a few weeks ago, and he thinks it's derogatory. One of you guys are right. <laughs> it's a bit effing rich coming from Vince <laughs> Russo, isn't it? Bloody hell, he uses that word very liberally <laughs> to talk about people he, he doesn't he like. He means I've finished talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Something, 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 Mark. Your marks. Um, it's like over on a walkie-talkie. <laughs> your marks. Um, it's, do you know what? I, I don't think it's really that. It, it was once a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that I was called a nerd when I was at school as a derogatory term, but now it's become like... You know, a, a thing to be to wear as a badge of pride. If you're not a nerd, you're part of the uncool kids. Really, mm. it's the joke of Twenty One Jump Street, is that the jock goes back to school and it's the nerds that have taken over. Mm. If I was at school now, I'd be the coolest kid in school and would be bullied as all. <laughs> I probably yeah, still wouldn't be. I'd, I'd still be well. Uh, life finds a way, Luke. <laughs> life always finds a way. Uh, how do you feel about the word Mark? Doesn't bother me. No. Uh, Highland Abe says, as a passionate Scotsman, in I would love. To- <laughs> That's <laughs> what you come here for. Yeah. Uh, as a passionate Scotsman, I would love to see Drew McIntyre pushed as the next top guy. Do you think his thick accent and WWE's national stereotyping hold could hold him back from getting over with American fans? No, no. I don't think so. I think that the only thing that's held Drew back so far, I think, has been uh, Roman's illness, most likely. Uh, I think the the plan that everyone was talking about for a long time was that it would be Roman and Drew post-WrestleMania kind of going into this big feud. And I think that will probably, something like that will still happen. Mm-hmm. I just think at the moment, they're just, Drew is in a holding pattern while yeah. they wait for something for him to do. Because he couldn't be the one to take it off Brock because he's not the he's not on the right side of the line of heel face. So they're just, there'll be something for him to do and he probably will be a top guy because Vince likes him. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all you need to do. It doesn't even matter what, what's been scripted. <laughs> What's what's happening on the day? Vince might turn up and go, oh, yeah, you're champion Let's now. make him champion. Yeah, That'll exactly, surprise yeah. people. Yeah, it's very much a case of, of uh, when mm. rather than if. This is the thing, Drew. actually, this is, sorry, I just remembered a thing I was going to say in the Sasha Banks chat was that, yeah, it's this, the, the idea of surprising people is probably also what Sasha and Bailey fell foul of. In a, in a WrestleMania in which everybody like almost every match felt like the outcome was already known we knew seth was going to win we knew becky was going to win we knew kofi was going to win that change of that title felt like the only one that was like not a foregone conclusion yeah and that was probably why it happened they were just like well one of them has to change on to someone that's like no one thinks about so yeah this one it's quite funny really that whole thing isn't it it's like we all the demon can't lose either like no. even like you know yeah we all said like oh, I mean because I, I predicted all three of them were going to win but there was a lot of chat being like I mean I think all three of them will win but this is WWE yeah. and they're not known for giving no, fans no, what no. they want yeah um, the other thing as well that we didn't talk about in the Sasha um, situation is the um, the double standard I've seen from fans mm. over this weekend of being like when the revival asked for their release it was like yeah right too right as well they've been buried for too long they've never had a good storyline as soon as Sash does the same thing it's just like well take her toys and go home then yeah. mm. I think yeah she's she gets a lot of bad press yeah I think a lot of it yeah. So. And, and, uh, yeah and I think also this these four reports if they are meant to sort of damage her credibility in that you know she's basically having a tantrum is yeah you know, it's all that sort of like it's playing into that idea of being like you're just having a hissy fit yeah what is it rather, your time of the month rather than like yeah rather than like being cool badass about it and being yeah like, i want to go to aew because you're not treating me right yeah exactly uh tyler byron says if the mcu heroes were in wwe who would be pushed as champions who would be the comedy mid card also if wwe superstars were cast as marvel cinematic heroes who would they be thanks guys uh have a great april fool's day which goes back how far <laughs> we've not done this for a while wow uh if mcu heroes were in wwe who would be pushed captain america would captain be america like, be champ yeah and john cena would play him in the um 
uh, the WWE version. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Ant Man is the mid card, absolutely. As is Star Lord, and yeah. Oh yeah, they'd be like feuding yeah. over each other. Weirdly, Drax would be main eventing. <laughs> oh yeah, totally <laughs> against Triple H. Yeah, um, that the lad from Blade Trinity. Mm. Um, I also got this as well. Uh, sorry, if I'm credited who this came from, but uh, Luke, since you seem to enjoy horror movies, how do you feel about Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky in the upcoming Child's Play reboot? Mm. Into it, mate. Mark Hamill is a great voice actor. Yeah, really is. Good, good very good choice for Chucky mm. as well. Like, I'll be honest, like, there's no one in my mind that will be able to do that voice. Mm. Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky. But, hey, man, Mark Hamill's a solid second choice. Um I just think that the film is being done for very cynical reasons, even if the trailer was quite good. Noah Trombley says, uh, "Do You'll you still see it? Yeah, of, course, of course, I'll go and see You'll it. See it multiple times, probably. Yeah." Uh, Noah Trombley asks, "Do Mark. you think John? <laughs> I am a Chucky man. <laughs> Do you think John Oliver's piece on WWE will produce any change within the company because now their bad business practices are in the mainstream?" New. They were in the mainstream before. I felt like, like yeah. they were. They were very not much of a secret, was it? About how yeah, yeah two words, Chris Benoit, like yeah, that. That put them in the mainstream. Yeah, like yeah. John Oliver doing uh, this sort of takedown is fairly mainstream, but bloody hell, nothing quite like the the Benoit double murder suicide from you know, quite twelve years ago now. Mm. Um, like that really was like highlighted the issues of the wrestling world, which have since been you know been looked at with the the introduction of the wellness testing and things like that and a lot of people take piss out of the wellness testing and quite mm. rightly so randy orton calls it the weed tax mm. you know and it's like he had two strikes and then it was reportedly failed his third one which means you'd have to be fired but they would just kept sweeping it under the rug because he's a top so guy and yeah test the limits of it like exactly yeah and i think there's a few people that can maybe just get away sasha banks his way out yeah it was a it's done for, as Paul London said, it was done for PR reasons. Mm. But there's also some good that has come out of it. We've seen more people get clean and sober from them, helping out uh, anyone who has worked for the company can get a rehab on their dime and things like that. But in terms of things will change, I don't think so. Like Matt Hardy has been out saying, like, you know, defending WWE's practice to this day. Mm. Like it was only recently, it was over the weekend he was defending it. So I can't see them ever changing it. Well, it's one of those things where, like, there's almost the argument to be made that they don't have to now because there's another company. If you don't want to work here doing this, mm. go over there. Yeah, We're still WWE. People are still going to want to come and work here because of the name of this company and yeah. what, it, what this means to wrestling as a whole. So you've got your option if you want your health care and all the other things. Yeah, if, you be, want, if, you if, you, if you want your health care and to be an employee, <laughs> then go yeah. over there. Well, you want benefits? <laughs> Ugh, weird. Uh, Eddie Brooks asks, hey, lads, pop your tinfoil hats on and indulge me for a moment. I've been suspecting this may happen for a while. Now that they've announced that the main event at WrestleMania is for all the gold, what do you think the chances they uh, might wave their yay, we're progressive flag once again and announce a women's only weekly show on the network? Uh, low? I don't think it will do very well. Uh, I don't think people... There's, a, there's people, almost enough wrestling on there as it is. Yeah, I, I just... I don't think... I think the audience is there for, like, one or two big storylines in women's wrestling, and I don't think it's probably there for a whole match. You, you would be asking for uh, almost, like, a, a different swathe of audience to come. I could see a weekly wrestling... women's wrestling show on a different network, not on the network. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if they, were, they went to a, a slightly different focus, like, I can only think of... ITVB here, but yeah, that yeah. would that's a naff choice. But something in of that ilk, mm -hmm. like something more with a higher percentage of f female watchers, yeah, that would make sense. But the network is too, I think, ingrained in probably like 
people turn out for the May Young Classic once a year and that's about it. And also it would be announced and it will end up like NXT UK. Exactly. It'll, and that's, I think it'll that's the other be announced. Issue, they'll, they'll do a big push for it and then very quickly they'll just stop putting any focus onto it and it'll just become just a TV show. Yeah, if they did it if they did it with enough the the same gusto to which they did NXT, there's a chance that given time it would become quite a big deal, but I don't think I don't think they're going to ever give it the amount of breathing room it needs to become that. No, absolutely not. You're better off just featuring it much more evenly on the shows you already do. Yeah. Like, and really, they already have a yeah, weekly. Yeah, they have already started doing that. They, yeah. and well, I was going to say, they already have a weekly women's only show. It's called Total Bellas uh, and Total Divas. Um, Jonathan Hedman says, uh, what do you want to see or predict the final post credit scene is for Avengers Endgame? Oh, you've got your theory of this. Yeah, we did this on the uh, the Ramble Club podcast for our $10 backers. Uh, I said that it's going to be... Um, I, my, my final moment, the, the final moment I want to see is uh, Cap back in the 40s having that dance with Peggy Carter that um, that they said they were going to have in Captain America, the first Avenger. And that would be a nice heartwarming moment for, for oh. Cap. A nice little swan song to his story. I want Thanos on his ranch. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> Thanos wins. The ultimate <laughs> swerve. <laughs> That all wins the end. Are we going to do another 50%? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, have you got a, a, another answer or a post-credits guess? Uh, he, uh, Jonathan was guessing that it could be Galactus or Introduction of the Fantastic Four, which I think is too soon. It's probably too soon, yeah. Uh, everyone getting shawarma again? Hey, man. Yeah. Good callback. I could go away for it. Uh, funny enough, actually, when I went to the press screening of Avengers, we didn't have that post-credit sequence because they hadn't filmed it yet. Oh. Because I saw it like two weeks before it came out, and then they, they I think it was on the day that they were doing the press screening, they were out filming that scene. There you go. Great scene. Great story. Uh, Damien Wade, uh, what wrestler do you think had the most over catchphrase, and what wrestler do you think has the most number one catchphrases that are over? Uh, Jericho was a catchphrase machine in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Um, but the most over catchphrase is what? It's Austin's mm. what? Because it's still over to this day. I hate that. CM Punk's name. <laughs> <laughs> my name is my catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, and the I, I'd say The Rock as well. Like You talk about like arenas going yeah. ballistic for catchphrases. Uh, well, so what like modern catchphrases then? Like people who are on the weekly show. Walk with Elias is pretty yeah, over. Yeah, it's really over. Uh, I don't feel like people do the New Day's catchphrases. The but clap they just along. like that. They've got a lot of catchphrases. Yeah. But people love them. Yeah. yeah. And Burn It Down does quite well. Mm. Um, yeah, I think if, who had the most over catchphrase, I'd say it's Austin's Watts. Um, and most number, I'd probably say Jericho or The Rock. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Um Reese uh, Deegan asks, uh, so with a new focus on wrestler's contract, I think there is only one question on everyone's mind. In the fictional world of Big Apple Takedown, do the WWE superstars working for the NSA count as employees or independent contractors? I imagine they're kept off the books entirely for the purposes well, yes, of uh, covert ops. It's Big Apple Takedown is what we're currently talking about here with Ollie's horrible folding of pages so we can remember where he is. Currently on chapter 10, we're reading that on our Ramble Club podcast that you can join in on on Patreon. Uh, yeah, I think it's very much just kept off the books. That's the whole point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. For those that don't know, the WWE stars are also covert ops. They're trying to take down a meth lab. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Um, it's right, mental. before we it's get mental. back into the mailbag, <laughs> do we have any questions, Simon? Any super chats? Uh, yes, we do. We've got quite a few, actually, if you want to try and rattle through them pretty quickly. Let's try. Uh, HCP Assassin says, if it wasn't for Ricochet being in a tag team with Alistair Black, could Vince have sent him off to 205 Live instead? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Is it more, maybe not could, but 
would have. Yeah, or yeah. Even should have. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I think like because because Black and Ricochet were were called up really because Vince had a panic moment, mm-hmm. the, and the story is that and he just said to Triple H over the weekend, "Get me four of your best NXT guys. Give me four of those. Give me four of them." So he gave them Black, Ricochet, Gargano, and Champa. And so, like, that kind of forced his hand to put them on the main roster. Yeah. If it had been his what choice. a terrible choice for Triple H. Like, yes. You should have chosen the next guys down. <laughs> Not your top guys, Triple H. You need them. You're trying to finish a story. Yeah. Uh, but I think if it had been Vince's choice, he'd have gone to 205 Live. Yeah, probably, like, which is stupid. Because oh, yeah. how over has he got on the main roster just doing his thing? It would have been like, ludicrous. But, yeah. I mean, the story was that Gar- that's where Gargano was going to head. Mm. He was going to head to 205 Live. So Vince sees guys that are small and goes like, oh, you're part of that purple brand with all the other small yeah, people. Yeah, well, I don't have to think about you. Exactly, yeah. yeah I don't have to know who you are. Uh, next question. Uh, next one is, do you think Triple H will still be wrestling at Mania 40? Yeah. <laughs> He'll be the Undertaker. He'll be the Undertaker. Like he'll just keep going until his body can go no more. He'll always have his WrestleMania moments, and I guarantee you, it'll always be the longest match on the card. Yeah. What will what will his entrance be by that point? Oh, it depends on what was descending big... from a helicopter. And... <laughs> no, it'll be the same as this year, but it's not a car that looks like Mad Max. It is a mobility scooter that looks like Mad Max. <laughs> no, it'd be, like, it'd be like one of those mods in. <laughs> It would have been whatever film was called four years previous oh, to, yeah, to, to the be entrance it. being done. Yeah. That would have been that would He'll be come in as a transformer. <laughs> that series would be done and dusted. But, but from the Michael Bay era, yeah, from the not, Michael not Bay like era from the new cool Bumblebee yeah. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, G one. No, exactly. Uh, quick one, I guess. Well, notwithstanding what's going to happen later, but uh, who would you guys like to be champions on Raw, SmackDown, NXT? I like the champions we've got at the moment. I like Becky as champion. Although, I'd like to see two challenges to, to Becky two belts mm-hmm. rather than just Lacey going for both of them. Yeah, my God. I don't like Lacey going for them at all. I like, I'm, I'm okay with Lacey going. I, at least it's something different. But I like yes. Seth as universal champion. I like Kofi as WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And um, like Shayna as NXT women's champion. It's just now, I, I feel like with Shayna in particular, I'm now at that point, it's like, well, who's going to take it off her? And I'm excited mm. to see who it is that's finally going to dethrone her. Yeah, true. Sorry, I, I cut you off there. No, it's all right. I, don't, I, was, I was still thinking about who I wanted <laughs> to be the champions. Uh, I want AJ as the Universal Champion. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I really want the AJ Universal Championship run. And that everything else I'm probably quite happy with, really. Yeah, we were talking about like, AJ. Finn needs a bit longer with the Intercontinental belt. Like, Becky two belts can run for a little while. Kofi probably is the, the only one I'd be like, you can probably take that off him now. Like, I don't think Kofi with the belt is as good as Kofi chasing the belt. Mm. And I think that story is going to peter out. Oh, I, I think it will certainly peter out. He's a nice lad. But um, I think we can, I think we can certainly have another good few months of it yet. Mm. I think he can certainly last until SummerSlam. Um, it depends on how bad the person going after the belt is. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does depend on that, doesn't it? Yeah, because like, I mean, if they're like this really looming heelish presence with their own faction, like if it's the Undisputed Era, I'm well into that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think if it's just Daniel Bryan more times, but it's, it's probably... It's well, possible. yeah, me and Ollie were, when we were doing our sort of like fantasy put, uh, fantasy picks for Superstar Shakeup, I'd love to see Bryan go to Raw mm. and go after Seth. Universal and, champion Bryan. Exactly, oh. and go after Seth with that Universal Give belt. Give me more. I'd love that. Uh, can we have another Super Chat, please? Uh, yes, you can. Um, Jir Personen has Jir Personen? Jir Personen has asked, uh, was TakeOver New York main event really a five and a half star match? I, I mean, we we kind of talked about this. I don't think it was. I, I don't think it uses two out of three full stipulation to its advantage. 
I think and, my feeling and it held it, yeah. it back. I think my feeling at the end was like five and a half stars. But I think thinking back about how I felt through most of the match. Not really. Yeah, I don't think the first half is as good as... The second half is like... That final fall is the match that it should have been pretty much from the start. Yeah. And I think if it hadn't, if it didn't have the two out of three fall stipulation, it would have been that match. Mm. In which case, I do think it would have been five and a half. But like, I don't think you could ignore that first half of it. No. The first two falls, which effectively, it meant nothing and it built nothing. I think we, dis- we, we discussed this before and we said like, it would have been interesting had they done... The undisputed era's interference on the second fall, yeah, and made that where the drama kicked up a gear because, like, they saved it all for that final fall, and it kind of felt like we always knew this was going to go to the full three, and Johnny's going to, you know, probably going to walk out at with the final two falls, and always be cha- always be kind of fighting from the back. But if you're going to do that, do Cole sneaks the first one easily. Then he's getting help just as Johnny starts to fire up. So then when Johnny does turn it around and get that second fall, everyone goes mental and yeah. then make that final that final stretch of the match just this crazy exchange like it was of just them going one-on-one and then having uh, then have a little bit of interference at the end just to ramp the drama a tiny yeah. bit more and then finish it. I completely that agree. That would have been like the perfect use of the... Because you, you want to make it feel like Johnny's really overcoming here. Yeah. And I don't think the, the first two falls didn't make you feel that way. It just felt like they were just trading. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, let's dive back into the mailbag. Uh, Dwayne Cooley asks, now that WrestleMania is upon us um, and we have the WrestleMania 20 review available, what are your favorite WrestleMania matches of all time? Of all time. We actually, just, I said I this on my the- My brain just empties of all facts when people ask questions like that. It just goes, oh, I don't remember anything. I, well, I said it on the WrestleMania 20 review on, on WrestleRamble Extra. Um, available for our Patreon backers. That um, that triple threat, the the Benoit Michaels Triple H mm. triple threat, is one of my favourite Mania matches of all time. Like it's an incredible main event, and it's so filled with drama. And like all three guys are exceptional in it. I think it's it's an outstanding match. And Daniel Bryan uh, winning the belt. Oh yeah, I love at that WrestleMania match. thirty, That's such a good which is going to be our next episode of WrestleMania Extra. Funny enough, um, and um, but really, I think that's one of the ultimate WrestleMania moments of all time, yeah. though, isn't it, Daniel Bryan? But but really, the actual answer to this question is Raven versus The Big Show versus Kane in their hardcore three-way at WrestleMania X7. Simon's nodding because Simon knows best match ever. It's great. It's like, there's a moment where you literally have King Kong versus Godzilla of Kane and Big Show just throwing each other through walls. <laughs> the golf it's, buggy section is astounding. Gold, oh, they start doing Mario Kart. It's terrific. Yeah. Like, it's the best match ever. Go out of your way to watch that one. If you've never watched WrestleMania X7, watch that and the gimmick Battle Royal and um, probably Rock Austin as well at the, in the main event. But, but, really, but before that, definitely watch the three-way and the gimmick Battle Royal. Shane versus Miz versus Miz Dad. Oh, well. <laughs> the ultimate match. <laughs> Do you love Miz Dad? Uh, Alex Allen says, Hi Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and definitely not Randy. I recently got into some UK wrestling and I've taken a liking to NXT UK act Flash Morgan Webster. I wanted to know more about him and if you can recommend any matches of his. Also, I know he's from Wales and I want to know what the scene is like there. Hope you guys have a wonderful day and Ollie, good luck on your run. Don't cramp up. Uh, I'm actually not as au fait with Flash Morgan Webster matches as I get this weird question if Ollie was here, mm. unless you've got anything you can I've recommend. seen a lot of Flash. I, can't, I couldn't tell you any like amazing 
off the top of my head matches he's had but I've seen a lot of Flash Morgan Webster he's very good very very good he's very, good gimmick yeah, as well the yeah. Modfather oh, is an I excellent gimmick. gimmick very very good he's now teaming with Mark Andrews isn't he I believe as so as yeah. a Welsh connection yeah and you asked him about the Welsh scene it's very very good because Mark Andrews is essentially running a lot of that mm-hmm. um, with the, the promotions around there um, so and we've actually had people email us in who are training in um, oh, the, did, in the Welsh we? territories yeah so apparently it's a very very thriving scene mm-hmm. Um, Craig Roberts asked what was your least favourite match from Wrestlemania 35 oh, what was the one I, oh, I didn't like Roman Ro- Drew I was going to say Roman, Roman Drew, Drew. Yeah. to be fair I didn't like a lot of Batista Triple H No, I think Batista Triple H could have been the exact same match 25 minutes shorter <laughs> and it would have had and they, they could have just gone spot to spot to spot and it would have been fine yeah I'd, I'd say Roman Drew um, we didn't need as long looking for tools I just no yeah. I, I will happily defend Batista Triple H oh yeah go on then, yeah. go on, then. I, I think Batista Triple H it was too long yes but the gross bit was really fun and people went through tables and it was I don't know what everyone else was expecting from that match but it delivered no. almost with surgical precision, exactly what I thought it was going to be, and when it was going to happen, I thought it was fine. It was it wasn't like great, but whenever, I don't like. I don't think it was as bad or even bad at all. It was perfectly passable. Yeah, no, perfectly passable. I think passable is is a good way to put it. I'd have just had it ten minutes shorter. I think in That's a yeah, I think yeah. in a vacuum, uh, watching it on its own, if you skip to it on the network, like you went, if I went to watch WrestleMania 35 and just went, I just want to watch the Batista Triple H match, I'd be on board with that. I was five hours deep and just like, I cannot be watching two people just walk around finding things to hit each other with. Yeah. Spending three minutes over each individual, like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to put you down now. I'm going to do this now. I was like, just pull it out of his face. Get yeah. on with it. It didn't need to be the longest match on the show. Yeah. Uh, after It uh, came at the wrong, it was the wrong pacing. Yeah. It? After Jeff's ear and the nose ring, what's the next thing that's going to get plied out of someone's <laughs> face on the WWE <laughs> pay-per-view? He's got like a really ridiculous piercing. Yeah. Somebody's eye. That's They're <laughs> just going to have an eye. Uh, Chris Gardner uh, asks, uh, Hi all, regarding Tommaso Ciampa, WWE PC's YouTube channel have released part one and part two of a thing about Ciampa and Hospital. They've really driven home the point about how disappointed everyone involved is that they couldn't finish the Gargano Ciampa storyline and shown how sympathetic Tommaso's situation is. Could this in any way be related to the John Oliver stuff? They show Ciampa talking about having wrestler's neck and essentially saying it's unavoidable in this business and therefore not WWE's fault. It seems to me as if this was supposed to be released closer to the time of his return as a babyface, but they rushed it out uh, after the reaction they had to John Oliver, hence it being a two-parter. Well, it was released, the, the first part of it was released before the John Oliver stuff came out. Yeah. It was on NXT TV, like the week after he'd vacated the title. Yeah. Actually, it might have been on the same show that he vacated the title. Yeah, which and I think that was partly to, like, we're partly painting him as a babyface so we can have the alternate moment at TakeOver New York where he comes out and he hugs Johnny Gargano right yeah. like you know which could have also been the original finish to it anyway you know Gargano beats the heel out of Champa and he turns babyface and goes and celebrates with Gargano mm-hmm. like we finally finished our journey together um, but yeah I think it was pretty much the only thing they could do really to be like let's you know you can't he can't still be a heel having neck surgery so he has yeah. to have a a soft baby face turn of some description. Yeah. And right. it makes for, and it made for a perfect television moment, I thought. Indeed. Uh, Andy Mack, we get this one a lot. WWE versus NXT at Survivor Series. Would you like to see it? Yeah. I, I'm i going to say no on that one, only because I don't think they will... I don't think WWE will ever book a match that people would like 
Well, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think anyone would ever like the team that selected. And I don't think people would like the order of um, entrance or and, and of pinfalls and things like that. Unless yeah. the NXT just had a completely clean sweep of things. I think people would just say I mean, they are very talented yeah, doing this well, and not doing Survivor that. Series is a lot of rubbish anyway, isn't it? It's yeah. just raw wins every year like yeah to without fault like raw wins every year so. it'll be different this year because smackdown's on fox now well yeah smackdown <laughs> will win all but it's it's always a foregone conclusion so like it'd be it would be interesting if they did like a maybe there's a sort of there is a three-hander survivor series in future in which it's you know people there's a league table between all three brands and then there's a bit more ability to switch things up have different people win yeah, but, but then it might mean something what yeah <laughs> that's the thing Right, we need to try and rattle through some of these questions. Um, Dan the Man asks, who do you think is the best big man in wrestling? Uh, I think it's Mike Awesome. Uh, I think it's Vader. Vader's a very good shout. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Travis. Oh, he's not very big. Oh, he's huge. He's, uh, Travis. I think he's big that way. Yes. <laughs> if you uh, owned, your, owned a wrestling show and could book any active wrestler, what would be your main event? Especially just a dream match for your main event of any promotion. Oh. I love these questions about any prep time. Yeah, I know. To have a think. And I've actually had to prep time because I wrote these down. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick. I don't know. We'll come, maybe we'll come back to that one. It's hard to think off the top of my head. No, no, come on. We can do this. We can do this, Simon. What was it? Active? Any, but yeah, just book your dream match if you were to run a promotion. You can pick anyone from any company. Oh, oh AJ Kenny. AJ Kenny. AJ Kenny AJ is Kenny. such a good shout. Um, but now you mentioned PCO, so all I could think of was PCO. <laughs> I just book a rematch between PCO and Walter from Joey Jones. I was about Spring to Break. say PCO Walter. Yeah. I would love to see that. PCO that match- versus the floor. Because <laughs> that match that they had at Joey Janela's Spring Break last year is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen for all the wrong reasons. So yeah, mm. I'd probably just book that again. Well, I'd book that as my Keith main Lee event. And Dijak, I would have. Yeah, again. Yeah, like, again. I would just have more. I'd probably just have things I'd already seen. Yeah, Keith Lee versus Tommy Hiroishi. Do it spot for spot, please. Thank you. Uh, Flev Dorian says hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, and yes, even Randy, who I want to congratulate for a job well done on monitoring the wrestling league. No, that wasn't a joke. In regards to uh, the question on one of the live streams about why WWE doesn't send a main roster superstar to NXT is because it's a quote money losing brand I don't understand that NXT is a money losing idea yes I've read about the 6 to 7 million house show tickets sold versus the 20 million investment but as we know house shows don't matter these days what matters is TV money and NXT is on the WWE network which has approximate 1.6 million subs with a $10 monthly subscription so even if you include pay-per-views and network shows they're still making money off the network content so I'm asking the same question well yeah, but there's also other stuff on the network. Like, mm. NXT doesn't make any money on the network. Because, yeah, no. as you said, like, if it was on a TV station making money, that's a different thing. But it's not. It's on the network. Yeah, I, I guess don't think the network's at... making that much money. No. You got, I guess you've got to look at, like, their prospects for the network, though. They've got to be thinking, well, Raw and SmackDown aren't going out at the right time. So pay-per-view is the number one reason people have the network. Mm-hmm. And then it's probably a toss-up between NXT and total bellas like well that's the thing yeah, i don't know when you, like, look, you look at the the top 10 things watched on the network mm. last week it was all wrestlemania's old wrestlemania's and nxt takeover i think the nxt show came in like at 10th yeah but things like nxt uk 205 live they were well below yeah, the list yeah, yeah. They're like ranking below old wrestlemania's because people are using it for the archive mm. stuff that's on there so yeah it is nxt is still a money losing brand because their only source of income is those other house shows. Yeah. And the house shows draw to 200, 300 people. Yeah. 
you know, you know, they have fun. Um, that guy it trains who, people up, and it tra- it's a developmental system. Like it doesn't have to make a lot of money anyway. It's developmental. Yeah, it's like, it's funded by the rest of WWE existing. Yes, basically, exactly. They'd have yeah. to do it anyway, so you might as well televise it. Yeah, and it's like even though it is a money losing thing, they just got that Saudi money in and the Fox money, so it's not like they're hemorrhaging cash at the moment. No. If anything, they're Scrooge McDuck, like yeah, they're swimming, yeah, swimming in around it. Around it. Uh, that guy who wants to support. Uh, how would you book the debut of WWE's biggest signee ever, Bird Raptor? I think they've already done the perfect uh, way to debut him. Yeah, just nonsensically. You, d- you didn't like it, did you? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. I love it. It's so pants. Like, yeah, it's no, so no, I like, rubbish. I, like, I enjoy the pantsness of it, but I also, I don't know. I've just got that feeling that it, it's probably Bray Wyatt, isn't it? <laughs> well, of course it's Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's wearing a Hawaiian that, shirt, but and, it's still rubbish. Yeah, and there's just... It's not a buzzard. It's a bird raptor. It's just that feeling that... <laughs> We're oh, all really we're excited having, for Bray Wyatt's return. Having, all of a sudden, yeah, he's Bray, Jim Henson. Like, I really love Bray Wyatt, <laughs> and I'm so cross about the Bird Raptor. I think I think it's great that this is the company that simultaneously does AR, VR, 360, and puppets. <laughs> all the technology. Mm. They'll never let puppetry die. Uh, TMLOL, is it time to split up the Riot Squad in the shakeup? Ruby has been in the main event against Rousey. Logan looks strong at the end of the Battle Royal, and Liv is... Well, Liv hasn't done anything. Personally, I think she will be released by the end of the year. Can't see that happening. And then he's just putting Ruby on. Though, and he's just putting Ruby on Raw and Logan on SmackDown. I could certainly see them doing a split of the Riot Squad. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any need to keep them together anymore. But I could certainly see them keeping Logan and Morgan as a tag team. Yeah. Um, Maybe them on SmackDown and keep Ruby on Raw. Yeah. Because they can't be the Riot Squad without Ruby. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that. Because they've been putting over this idea that they are going to split up teams or teams could be split up. And I think they want to make you think it's going to be the New Day or the Usos. And it will be one of the lower league yeah, teams yeah, like yeah. the Riot Squad where it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I w- I'd like it. I think Sarah Logan deserves a bit of a solo I'd push. That, yeah. She was so good in yeah. that Battle Royal. And like I've, I've been saying since she was in the Mae Young Classic, I was like, she's great. I don't know why they just stuck her in the losing tag team. And they yeah. were just like, well, you're just here to job to everyone else. So... Yeah, I'd go nuts. It, it was funny going back and watching our um, reactions to the women's battle royal. Oh, we all go, oh, <laughs> and no. we were like so into this idea of Logan winning. Like, we all stood up with like Sarah Logan won, and then booed Carmella for yeah. winning. Um, right, we've got a few more of uh, these pledge hammer questions. Martin Harmon, uh, what is the general feeling on Enzo and Cass? Enzo had his NAF rap career and was in the crowd at Survivor Series before appearing at MSG. Um, Cass was boring on his own, was an uh, a-hole backstage before being released. He's worked a few indies, but my last recollection of him before MSG was having a seizure at a House of Hardcore show. He appears to be in better shape now, which is good. Apparently he's not. Apparently the reports were he was in dreadful shape at mm. MSG. He was blown up during the fight. Um, they were over as a team in WWE, and I doubt they're really a-holes, but wrestling has created so many a-holes, so should they be given a second chance? They seem to have stumbled into an ROH. There are others who have been had uh, much better opportunities for being worse. I'm not against them having a second chance at all. Mm. I'm, against, I'm against the idea of Enzo having gone away from wrestling, gone, screw all you guys, literally taking the mick out of wrestling fans in his debut video, it's gone, I'll never go back, I'll never go back. It's it's babies things, it's stupid. And then continually turning up at things to try and put over his music. And now that that's not really gone anywhere, been like, well, I'll go back to, I'll go to Ring of Honor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels more like he, like, yeah, he thinks that wrestling needs him, whereas actually he needs wrestling. Yeah. But also it's quite sad, isn't it? It is it's sad. It's just like, it's just like these two guys 
struggled to get anywhere, so they've just gone back to that one act that made them yeah remotely relevant in the first place and I think as well like when we did the MSG thing like Enzo showing up at Survivor Series everyone was just taking the piss out of it because it did feel sad it was Enzo mm. showing up doing his old catchphrase and people were just like mate let it go yeah man like, you, like, like you're, you're not fired. you don't work here anymore yeah. just like let it go well, so also when don't the, when ruin this for everyone else so when like, the thing happened at MSG we were all just going like god that's sad when, yeah. we, when we thought it was like a legit thing yeah. we were like god it's sad that they keep trying this and I think it's actually worse that it was something that ROH orchestrated yeah. that actually she feels even sadder. Well, the only way to have done it would have been to like really go like to do the full thing, but put a camera on it. Like <laughs> show us what's happening, so it's not just like he doesn't just look like a crazy person you're trying to like cut around because mm. he's done something stupid again. Make a joke out of it. Make it funny. Do like make it purposeful, and then everyone goes, "Oh no, he's in on the joke now." Yeah. Like the joke is that Enzo. It's a bit tragic. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> tragic. Yeah. great word for him. Um, and again, like the the reports are that everyone at Ring of Honor doesn't want this. Yeah, it's, the creative team don't want it. The boys in the back don't want it. But Sinclair do because they are recognizable names to a certain degree. They were really big merch sellers for WWE. Yeah, and so RO, so ROH management wants it, but. That to me then screams that it's, you're not going to be taken seriously no. if if your creative and people backstage don't want you. Well, there. everything about that MSG show cried uh, the the notion that Ring of Honor wants to move in a WWE style direction in terms of its around the ring storytelling. Mega stuff, ran, right? Like yeah, Mega ran, Enzo the, and Cass, Enzo and Enzo people. and Cass, like we like we said before, like they are good for serving that purpose of turning up doing some catchphrases, getting the crowd hot off the promo and the intro. Mm -hmm. Not off the match, but off that bit. They're a good warm-up act for, like, televised, filmed things. Like, same as we said, like, the New Day. There are people who have made little niches for themselves in in wrestling where you can go, like, well, you're a safe pair of hands to open a show because you've got this really cool catchphrase-laden entrance. Like, Uh, they could always be that. And uh, lastly, uh, actually not lastly, um, penultimately, yeah, rather, and Darth Alamo says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Randy, Andy, Datsun, the chosen one, Chopper, Pete. Do you think if Roman Reigns turned heel, he should be put into a faction with the Authors of Pain? No. That's I, just because they all wear the same clothes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no, absolutely not. No. Uh, Andy Mack says, uh, Previously, we mentioned them taking the Gargano, Champa, NXT storyline and just doing it again on the main roster. How would you feel if they replicated on the main roster, but with Black and Ricochet instead, with Ricochet as the face and Black as the heel? They don't have the same chemistry. that uh, Gargano and Champa felt like an actual tag team. Yeah. Because they started out in NXT as a tag team, whereas yeah. these are, this is a Franken team of two disparate people who have no connection to each other whatsoever. No. So yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that you can. Re- I don't think you'd even come close to replicating that story. Like they had a genuine love for each other that you could got all these photos that you can use. Yeah, they, like Kevin they, there's the like this exact. long-running friendship there that this yeah. actually they're actually just playing on real life exactly. to a degree. Whereas with these are, and Champa. these are two lads. Yeah, two guys who we didn't really know what to do with, but we needed some people. We needed one who could do a flip <laughs> and one who could do some one who can do a kick. nice kicks. Yeah, so you fill the void. Right, well, that is all of our Pledge Hammer questions, but have we got any more Super Chats? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, German Dan says thanks to the extra show. Yay! Um, right, I mean, you, say, you say it's an extra show, but it's actually not. It's because we didn't do one on Saturday. It's the belated show. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pizza and Wrestling, uh, so now they've written this out on their phone, so I think they'll excuse me for sort of paraphrasing a bit but basically they're saying with social media and kayfabe being turned up massively in WWE um, 
uh, are they basically breaking the fourth wall uh, with all the Sasha drama and Bailey drama uh, just to give us a new kind of sports entertainment show? What your general, I guess, what your general thoughts on yeah. kayfabe and social media now? Like, if you could turn that into a storyline, like all of this was designed to be turned into a storyline, because that's the that's the key to it. Is if it does become part of her character and yep. storyline on Raw and SmackDown, then yeah, I think that'd be a very interesting thing to do. But if it's one of those things that they just, hello, that they just completely ignore, like when everyone said like, oh, the Dean Ambrose thing is totally a work. And I'm like, well, if it's a work, why aren't they mentioning it? Like, why mm. are we building no stories out of this? Like, and they and then they didn't. And it turns out it wasn't a work. He's just going. It's, it was interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's hard to tell. Social media makes it even harder to tell where the line between kayfabe and reality actually is. Because... There was, a, there was a thing I was reading that was about Champa saying, like, Champa on why there are no good heels anymore. And he's like, because no one committed to kayfabe. And he was mm. one of the few people who just went full, when I'm heel Champa, I'm not posting pictures of my dog on Facebook and Instagram. No. I'm just being Champa the character. Incorrectly tagging people. Yeah. On purpose, just no doing, less. Just doing whatever, yeah, just being himself, like, yeah. being his, like uber heel character and that's so good and I like I, I think there is a degree to do it with handling backstage drama or fake backstage drama mm. manufacturing heat like and making that storyline yeah I just don't know whether they're savvy enough to have done that <laughs> Uh, Sasha Banks Twitter update by the way she also posted I dream my painting then I paint my dream that sounds that's awful <laughs> One more. Oh, one more. On, on this on this note, um, Mr. Calloway uh, has uh, said that. Do you believe that Sasha Banks feels that she's bigger than WWE, which seems to be a, a sentiment of quite a large section of the audience? I guess. Yeah, that's the as equal to like she's just throwing her toys out of the pram Correct, and yeah. and things like that. I don't think she thinks she's bigger than WWE. Absolutely not. I think she's just frustrated. I think she, but I think in, in quite rightly of, so. Yeah. But in all of this, uh, I feel I'm bigger than WWE thing. She continually mentions that it's her dream. Yeah. Like she just all she's saying in her stuff is like it was my dream, and sometimes your dream lets you down. Like it's kind of like almost a don't meet your heroes. Kind yeah, of absolutely. Theory, isn't yeah. It? It's like she just thought she would get a better deal than this because. At some point, like she, she was recognised from the beginning as a talent, right? Like in NXT, she was given like the run of runs and had all these amazing matches and was part of a whole like revamp of a division within the company. And then you get to the main roster and you've done all this work, and they've just gone, "Oh, the Flair one will have," mm -hmm. and then the Becky, Rousey one, and then and Rousey comes in because she's already got a name and she takes over immediately. Becky lucked out to a degree, like, and got... The, fa the fans got her into that position. Yeah, the fans really pushed Becky into that position, and she was she worked really... Like, she obviously worked her butt off to get there in the first place, but lucked out in the sense that, like, I think Banks and Bailey have also both worked their butts off. Yeah. And they get, you know, on the same show at which Becky gets to lift two titles up, they get what they felt like was them establishing something and making it really important, which was they, they, were, they were told and they were telling everyone was really important. They get that wrenched away from them. So I don't think it's about being bigger than WWE at all. It's just going, this again? Like, yeah. you know. Absolutely. It must no. be super frustrating. No, I, I completely agree. But that is all we've got time for on this bonus. Oh, sorry, Simon. Uh, we just want to very quickly uh, say thanks to John Inuazo. who says congratulations on 700K, guys. Hey, yeah. 
Thank you very thank much. You. And thank you to everyone who has been one of our subscribers, helping us pass the 700,000 mark. Screen Stalker passed 32,000 as well over the weekend. So it was like milestones all round. Oh, no. um, Ollie finished a marathon. We're going live. That's We're the be- least important <laughs> one. We're going to be doing our next live show, May 7th. At the Prince Charles Cinema, we're doing a screening of Ready to Rumble um, and then doing a live podcast record talking about the career of David Arquette, which we're so, so excited for. May 7th, tickets are available now from the Prince Charles Cinema, so head on over there and get your tickets because it's going to be a great night. We're, gonna, we're all going to be there doing a meet and greet and, and things like that, and mm-hmm. we'll go out for drinks afterwards and stuff like that. So come down and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. So the three of us were meant to be playing D&D tonight, mm. but that's all fallen through now <laughs> Yep, <laughs> because one of our party members just uh, messaged us last night saying like, oh yeah, I've made an error. Uh, <laughs> I said to my wife that I'd watch Game of Thrones with her on Monday and now she's really annoyed <laughs> that I'm going to play D&D yeah, yeah. instead. Um, so now it's not happening. I love the response of just saying, what a seven month pregnant <laughs> wife wants she gets sadly <laughs> she could have just come and watched us play D. yeah basically we could we could have yeah. we could have just renamed all our characters for a week as like daenerys targaryen or you don't you've not watched the game of thrones so you don't know what i'm saying i'm just saying words dothraki uh, <laughs> so are you the only Tyrion person lannister you're the only person in the room who has or is watching it is watching it yeah because yeah. i'm i've watched the first season but Nothing I saw else. I saw uh, the opening episode of last series. Is it where he wakes up? I don't scooby doo, man. I've only seen the first season. A very good yeah, very good time to start. <laughs> <laughs> Best time to start is pick a random episode seven seasons in and just be like, I'll pick this up. I actually did that by accident yeah. once. Because my friends uh, kept recommended that I check out The Walking Dead. And I quite like the the, the Kirkman comics, so I was like, mm. oh, okay, I'll, I'll give this a go. Loaded up Amazon Prime, saw Walking Dead, click that. And it was like episode one, started watching that. And uh, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool because this just throws you in. This really, <laughs> like, there's no explanation as to what's going on here or who any of these characters are. It just, it, you know, it wants you to kind of pick things up along the way. And I was like, that's really cool. Mm. And then they started reaching this prison block. And I was like, huh, this doesn't look like it's the start of something. I don't remember any of this from the books, mm. like at the very start of the books. Oh, that's volume five of the books, I believe. <laughs> and then it turns out, the way that Amazon Prime is on an iPad is that it's not just... Terrible. The wa- <laughs> yeah, it's not just The Walking Dead. It'll be The Walking Dead Season 3 is a button. Right. And then lower down, there'll be The Walking Dead Season 2 as a button. That's gross. Sort it out, Amazon. That, yeah, quite right. So I started watching season, Episode 1 of Season 3, mm. and I got halfway through before I realised. Then went back and watched the first season, and I thought, that was fine. I'm not going to watch any more yeah, of it. Yeah, it's just maudlin. I, <laughs> I just found it... It was too moribund for me. I just uh, I couldn't get on with it. No. When the whole season, season two, they spend it all on a farm and all for one like big moment. And you're like, okay, well, I get that the farm was a really big deal in the comic books. Mm-hmm. But it felt exciting. It didn't feel very exciting in that series. It was like... <laughs> It was just like walking around an electric fence going, oh, there's one. (laughs) Hello. Oh, there's one. There's another one. There's one. I've uh, heard, actually, speaking of zombies, um, Netflix has just released a new one called Black Summer. Yes, I I saw the little image for that. I haven't looked into it any deeper. Well, Stephen King said it's excellent. Oh, wow. So... If I you, don't know. Some sometimes though, <laughs> Stephen Stephen King's recommendations are sometimes way off base. I was about to say, if you you know, re, if you are 
penchant to the the word of Stephen King yeah. and you you put his opinion in very high regard, then maybe it's one to check out. Yeah. But I also noticed they put up a new film called The Silence. Mm. And it's, stop me if you've heard this before, but it's about a world in which if you're too loud, some birds will come and attack you and kill you. Birds. <laughs> some birds. What it's, kind of birds are we talking? Feathered ones or just <laughs> human women? <laughs> Shut up! These are like winged dinosaur bird things. But it's just like, I started watching and you read the synopsis you're like lads you know a quiet place came out yeah. right you're like this this is not very new at all a rubbish a quiet place <laughs> as well um we actually had an email in uh, i'm not going to do too many emails because we've got to save some of these up for uh, the rest of the week um but we did have an email come in um from justin last week that he called a potpourri email that was just full of various different bits and pieces he gave some united states facts um and now it's the going Bombay to talk about mix of emails exactly that's yeah. that, that's what he was going for so here is the, the continuation of this which is his gene story um bearing in mind he's american so he doesn't say words like trousers right um, okay. he'll instead use words like pants as you'll see in the first sentence to continue luke's pants shopping stories i have one of my own just a few days ago i was listening to the podcast and luke was telling his story about his smoky underpants as i was shopping for jeans myself i grabbed two pairs of jeans and a pair of khakis all my size of 42 inches only one pair of jeans fits and they were tight i didn't buy any pants that day and was later informed by my sister that the store i was in brackets old navy had changed their sizes and made everything smaller so while the same brand fit me last year those pants no longer fit me. I get a pair of Levi's the next day in the same size that fit me perfectly. I was shocked when those jeans didn't fit because I've recently lost five pounds. So I was disappointed that I was disappointed that the new jeans didn't fit. So you should always try out pants before you buy because your uh, the one that fit you in your last store may not fit you again next year at the same store. And speaking of losing five pounds, he goes on to his rust to get better. Just brings up to wow. my point again that perfect segue. Yeah, oh. he's been watching our shows. <laughs> yes, but indeed, maybe you should get yourself the uh, the new T-shirt, King of Segway style, <laughs> available at WrestleTalkShop.com, I think it is. Um, yeah, it just brings up to this light that I, I think there needs to be a standardised sizing of jeans that all the shops just apply to. So we don't have to waste time trying things on because mm. we know they fit. We don't have to waste time trying it. Part of the luxury of clothes shopping, Luke, you have to ease into it and try things and be like oh. does this work does that not work I'm a bang out mate gotta get used to taking your trousers off in a public <laughs> space knowing that on the other side of that door is embarrassment waiting to happen at any moment at any moment at any you moment. could be caught with your trousers down <laughs> I just I've got no time for it mate no, no time. my wife's going I just go, do it on ASOS it's fine just yeah. have it delivered to but my then, house send it all back then surely you'll never know if it fits no. because you'll have to try it when you get home just, or when it comes just to your house guess it's fine <laughs> it's fine and I if it doesn't I'll keep it anyway and I'll just not wear it I'll just be cross about it <laughs> I think I've told you this before, but I was um I think it was during the second season of um Queer Eye mm. that I was saying to my wife, I'm gonna change up my style. I'm gonna completely change up the way that I look because I've been dressing the same since I was fourteen years old. Mm -hmm. And so started looking at things, I was putting some things into shopping baskets, trying to like weigh things up, and I thought I found a style that I really liked. Until one evening I looked at my wife and was like, Oh, this is just Laurie's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Laurie dresses. I was like, This is literally just what Laurie wears. Uh, sorry, so that's what Dan did at university. So <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> he owned about six of the same t-shirts as me <laughs> and he was like i just really liked it when you were wearing it so i bought it and i was like why <laughs> we hang out all the time laurie blake fashion icon <laughs> yeah 
to all alike. Simon, do you think the lorry is a fashion icon? Have you ever worn the same things as him, considering that you live together? Uh, no, but what I do is I buy clothes in bulk from ASOS, and then I send some of them back, mm-hmm. whether they fit or not, and I believe that's what's known in economics as a false economy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little tip. That's well, how I do it. Well, on that bombshell almost, but we'll have some 80% facts before we get out of here. Um, This one comes in from uh, Marcelino, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. I had an 80% fact that this guy named Andy Datsun is actually the best part of the WrestleTalk team. Not sure. That doesn't sound quite right to me. Sounds like BS to me. Yeah, I'm not sure I can buy into that fact. Uh, This one comes in from Hayden, says, To Laurie, Ollie, the real one, Luke, Owen, Pete, Val, and I believe that's all. I'm emailing you an 80% fact that a friend told me a while back. The inventor of the pancake was Abraham Lincoln. I love all the content you put out and hope more of it continues for a long time. And he stored them in his top hat. That's what yeah. I heard. That was that was that's why he invented them because he was like that's the most snacks you can get into a top hat. Yeah. And what you'd often see in Abraham Lincoln's televised speeches that he did was him just reaching into the corner <laughs> of his top hat and pulling out a little bit of pancake. I also believe that's where the design for Pez dispensers came from. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, that was another one. Abraham Lincoln. Well, so the bottom, the bottom did pancakes and the top did Pez. <laughs> had a little pulley system on the back and you just went whoop and it, Pez came out. All right, well, that is all we've got time for on this episode of the podcast. We will be back, um, well, tomorrow, in fact, for the Raw review and the SmackDown review the day after. And then the schedule will come back to normal. <laughs> Very much We'll so. get there. We'll get there, guys. Hang Eve- on. Eventually. Although next month, I don't know what's going to happen because we're, we're live streaming Double or Nothing and then doing reviews of that. Mm. But also, we're going to be live streaming Money in the Bank because they happen like a week apart from each oh, other. Oh, my Lord. So... Yeah, so, uh, so next month it might go all out the window as well. <laughs> but do come and see us live on May 7th at the Prince Charles Cinema uh, in Leicester Square in London, where we're going to be screening Ready to Rumble, the 2000s movie from WCW starring David Arquette. And we're going to be doing a live podcast record afterwards, showing clips and talking about David Arquette's quote-unquote incredible wrestling career which we're very much looking forward to tickets (laughs) tickets available now through the prince charles cinema website um or go over to the wrestle talk news video today where the link will also be there thank you very much take care love you goodbye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.